Welcome to Craggy Rugby. It's the European home match for the Zebra game. William, we need five points. Yeah, need five points. Very simple task today. Win the game, get five points. And they will do it. In my view, I can't see any other result here than an easy win for Connacht. If Zebra is warm up, they play like they warmed up, it'll be over by half time. Um, they have nothing to play for. I think they're in quite a rut. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background in that club. Connacht just have to concentrate, do the right things. First 20 minutes make it very tight and get, get the job done and then all our attention turns to the game between Wasps and Toulouse at the Rico and we'll see what happens there. We will indeed. We'll talk on 20 minutes. Okay, William, just coming up to 20 minutes and amazingly it's 14-all. Mad game. Yeah, it's absolutely a mad game. Connacht try after three minutes and then just went to sleep played some abysmal rugby let Zebre back in who took their chance but Connacht are back level now and hopefully they've got to kick on from this they've got to concentrate and they've got to get their work rate up they've been wandering around out loud like they just think they're going to win exactly yeah let's see if we can kick it on from here okay William things have improved a little bit it's 40 points to 14 this is a done and dusted yeah, it's over. Uh, it happened very quickly. Connacht just got a little bit more control to their game and got stuck in. Zebra are very, very average. They're down to 13 men at the minute. They've two men in the bin. They've given away 11 penalties in first half. It's just a matter now of Connacht seeing this out. They don't want any injuries. Dennis Buckley's gone off. Hopefully doesn't look too serious. Uh, they want to keep up their concentration. You don't want to get sloppy or messy. You just want to keep scoring and uh, clear the bench. Indeed, we talk again in 60 minutes. Okay, William, we're on just gone 60 minutes. The score is now 61 points to 14. Um, let's hope nobody else gets hurt. Yeah, all the subs on both sides on. It's got a bit disjointed. Connacht have scored two tries in the second half, or three? Three. Three. Uh, it's a bit hard to keep track, really. Um, it's just a matter of seeing it out now. They've, they've done the job. They're going to get the five points. Um, Dennis Buckley limped off earlier on. Seems to be the only real slight concern that all the other subs have just been tactical. So it's just a matter of keeping the concentration and getting the job done. Exactly. We'll talk again on full time. score was 66 points to 21 good win doesn't look like there's anyone too seriously injured roll on next week yeah it's a job done they got the five points beautiful afternoon for rugby but not a game that's going to live long in the memory really um, they just did what they had to do some mistakes and stuff that they'll analyse but it's all now on Toulouse. The focus on this game will end once the video review is done. Yeah, I'm not even sure it's worth doing a video review, to be honest. I think a training match would have been better than that. Yeah, it possibly would have been. Zebra really sort of gave up, even though they were well in the game after 20 minutes. They sort of, they sort of stopped playing. And um, their, you know, their position, their future is, is obviously under threat. So 
they kept going. Some of their younger lads tried a bit of stuff there in the last quarter when it got a bit broken up, but Connacht just did what they had to do today. Um, and that's really it. It's Toulouse next, next Sunday. the post-game section of the podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. That was a bit of a build-up. It was. It was needed because it's the only way I can get you to shut up when I start recording. Dave Finn, you're very welcome along. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I love this place. Uh, at one point, it was hot, sunny and raining at the same time. It certainly was. <laughs> Lots of sunshine, though. I'm blinded here by the sun, but I can just about make out the images in front of me who are Alan Deegan and William Davis, you've heard already, but we'll hear more from now. William. Indeed, Rob. Yes, looking around a slightly different type of terrace with a one o'clock kickoff because there's more coffee cups than beer glasses. <laughs> That's so true. That's a brilliant observation. It's almost a complete swap. Like, I hope they clean up around us because you'll hear the different sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, my, my Adrian said to me this morning, "What, what whiskey do you want?" I, I said, "I'm not going to drink whiskey at one o'clock in the afternoon. I've just been to rugby tots. I don't need whiskey at that stage. I need something." Mocha beans everywhere. They're not sponsoring us, so we probably shouldn't have mentioned them, but hey, there you go. They're everywhere. Cups all over the place. That's a good sign. People say the Irish drink too much. We clearly have a limit and, you know, one o'clock kickoff. No. There's nothing wrong with whiskey at one o'clock. <laughs> but <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe to be fair today wasn't the game for us. No. Yeah, possibly it was as much the game as it was the, uh, the uh, time of day. Okay, so... Connacht have won 66 points to 21. They conceded three tries, nearly conceded a bonus point. Yeah, and that's the focus. That's what they're focusing on. There's, they're not talking up the 66, they're talking up the 21, which is good. This is what you have to be. We have to focus on. This is a team, in the last two games, have conceded 136 points. They are. They don't know if they exist next year. The players, you would have thought professional football would kick in. And at certain points, it did kick in. At 14-7, as again in the first 20 minutes of the game against Leicester last week, their professional pride did kick in. But as soon as they go behind, forget about it. They're gone. Now, they did show a bit more than last week because they did come back for that third try. And we had an issue when we took off our props. We just seemed to kill us stone dead. Both the scrum and in the loose. Um, but... I, I like that. I like that. You could get. No one's going to get carried away. I don't think. Um, no one's going to get carried away with this result. It was the job was done. And Alan said last week he wanted a one point win. We got more than one point win. We got the five points. We got ten tries. You got some guys playing out there with confidence. Yet we, we had ten tries and he had a look and didn't get one. Even though he spent the last twenty minutes desperately looking for one. Um, but I'm with the guys. I, let's focus on. Let's focus on the things to prevent the twenty ones because you heard it. I heard it. They are very much going to say that the twenty one points will be destroyed next week. Here's Pat Lamb. Pat, uh, five points got now. Just turn your attention to the other game, I guess, but it's a great position to be in this pool. I guess just contemplate that, first of all, 18 points in the Champions Cup is, is a brilliant return going into the final round. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the positive, is that we had a, we always put our goal in, the goal was to get the five. We got that, but, you know, pretty bitterly disappointed with our defence. We had a goal about not letting them cross the line, and we obviously failed to achieve that, and it's wasn't happy at half time. Um, you know, there was um, because the, the way that they got the possession in the first place and then the way we defended secondly um, and guys out of system, it's, um, it was just a reminder of what's happened in the last few games, little moments that, 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 have, that have killed us. So we still got a lot of work to do on that. Um, but ultimately, when we put it in perspective, we go to the last round and it's, it's all in our control. If we, if we want to get in, we win. And um, it's good to have that. We don't have to worry about anyone else. It's up to us. So we need to have a good week this week. And while I'm on that note, that's probably one of the 
It was good. It was the first time in five weeks I've always said our confidence comes from the training we did. First time in five weeks the starting teams actually completed all the training sessions and that brought confidence and um, you know, and I could see some of the things we've been working on came out there but it, always, it, it certainly helps rather than guys just run on the field and they haven't played training during the week. In terms of bonus points in this pool, it's, it's going to be a, a little bit of bringing the calculators out no matter what happens next week. I know first and foremost, get the win, job done. Do you play the same way next week? Do you get into their mindset that they can't give up that bonus point try or so on and so forth? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in any, in any calculations at all. For me, we've worked our hard and right through this pool to get to a situation that we go out for the win. So we do our work, we prepare, and, um, and whatever it takes to win the game is, is what we're after. Of course, we're aware of all the other scenarios, but... You know, we've got to have a mindset, not about bonus points or anything else. We've got to prepare. We're going into probably the biggest game of Connick's history to uh, get over there. And if we do that during the week and we prepare well and we, uh, you know, coaches have already done quite a bit of work on Toulouse. Um, so we have a we have a plan and um, we've got a good eight-day build around to turn around to get some recovery done. And then um, on Tuesday when we come back in, it'll be... Um, there's a lot of clarity get done and, and build in nicely to the week. We um, we get off, we get on that plane. We'll have confidence if we've had a really good week and everyone's trained. When Zebra look back at it, they're going to say they play very very poorly. Obviously in this game, with that in mind, can you take any positives from how good the lineout was? It was really accurate. Do you look at the opposition in that regard, or do you just look at what you did today and feel like it's a big improvement? Well, I think one of the things that was was important when you you know I know a lot of people uh, will criticise um, you know the Zebra and, and their performances, but our whole focus has been about us getting our job right. As you know, we said, you know, I was quite pleased they picked their, one of their stronger teams, all the, the, the big players are playing, because I said if we don't get our jobs done, then we will get punished. And, and that's what exactly what happened in that way after we scored. And, you know, we didn't, the way we presented the ball, the way we carried, which has been a fault and things have been working on. That's why I was disappointed. So we turned the ball over and then off a scrum. You know, we don't get fold around the, off, off the, um, the first carry and then. You know, we, we, we're too narrow, um, so we don't fold, they break us. We're too narrow, they take us to the width. We come off the line, we come off the line again, take the wrong guy and they score a try. All of those sort of things are the ones that, uh, that, that, that do the damage and you won't get away with that, obviously, against Toulouse. So we know we, we played and we, we got the result, but we know the level's here, we'll be today, and the level next week is going to be there. John Cooney today, you're happy with what he did out there in, in such a tough position to have to take up the tenure? Yeah, he did well. I think the biggest thing about John, he's got a, he's got a skill set. He hasn't played 10 before, but we told him he played an AIL game. Uh, couldn't even remember which one it was, but he said he enjoyed himself. Uh, but I think one thing about John Cooney is he's got he's got uh, real confidence in his ability, and, um, and he has that confidence, but he knows our game, and he has a skill set, so... Um, you know, it was more important is his knowledge of the game and his confidence to, to, to back himself to get it done. And, and that's what you need in these sort of games, guys who have their confidence um, in their position. So uh, he did well, you know, his goal kicking's, um, you know, is a big bonus as well. And it was, but for me, I was pleased also to see Craig Gibb come back and, you know, we took him off early enough to make sure that it's, we don't push him because he's, he's a key player, and particularly in our face play. Pat Lamb speaking to us afterwards. Will we play that interesting question at the end, which I thought was funny? Yeah, let's play that interesting piece at the end. I thought it was absolutely wonderfully. 
Yeah, so just to tee it up, because we mightn't hear the question, it was along the lines of, will you have a group here with Zebra in it? Do you think it gives you a slight well, advantage? We, if the question doesn't come out, we would like to point out this was said by a Dublin-based journalist. Yeah, pointing out the fact that Connacht have quite an advantage having Zebra in their pool, and here's Pat Lamb's answer. That's what you've got to remember, is that if we didn't win last year, then the team who, who did win... You know, it might have been Leinster, they'd be here. Yeah. So if you want to get to this pool and the way it is, you better win your competition. So we earned the right to be here. We can't control. So when the pool goes in, kind of before when they got in, they were the they were the ones that were in the fourth tier. We were tier one because we're the champions. Mm-hmm. We earned the right to be here. It's not our fault who they put in there. And that's how it works. So anyone who's complaining, win your competition. Fantastic stuff from Pat Lamb. Clarification. Of course, Zebra were in our pool a few years ago. So you're probably scratching your head going, well, well, why do we get them when we were just scraping in by the end? But in those days, it wasn't a meritocracy. And he brought that up a little bit earlier in that press conference too to point out that he wants to see what we always argued, top seven straight into the Champions Cup, end of, thinks it'll be good for the game, even if no Irish team gets through, never mind no Italian team. So with that in mind, he's always felt this way. And I think he was really happy to answer that at the end, William, to say part of the meritocracy is getting a pool like this after winning the Champions Cup. Yeah, and after winning the Pro Talk. Yeah, he's correct about that. Um, it's interesting that he was prepared to go on record about the Italian situation because that's been sort of kicked around. And he even suggested that the coaches of the Italian teams are not keen on this system, that they feel it doesn't help them. Uh, and it will be revisited. I know there was an eight-year agreement signed, but it, it, it's gonna, it'll be revisited. It would help Zebra to be in the Challenge Cup, there's no question. It would help the competition to have a straightforward top seven through. It would be top seven, wouldn't it? Well, it's hard to work out exactly how it would be because it, would you then you can't have the top seven in France and the top seven in, in England. So, because you've only got 20 spaces, so I, I don't don't quite know. Surely the winner of the Challenge Cup should be coming in. Yeah, no, and in top six in each country, and the, la- the last place is going to either playoffs or the winner of the Challenge Cup, as you say. Maybe the Challenge or, Cup or takes the place. Previous, winner of the previous year. Yeah, gets an extra place for your previous for your league, champions. something like that. Something that just makes it feel logical. And well, it's no, interesting. You're, you're, aren't, we, aren't we currently in a position that if we were, did something mad and won the Champions Cup this year but didn't qualify, we couldn't defend our title next year because the winners of the Champions Cup don't stay in the Champions Cup the following season? I think that's a possibility. There's also a slightly bizarre situation that we could finish equal on 18 points with Toulouse and not qualify because we would be designated third and a side won 16 points that finished second in a group would get in because it's you have to finish in second place in the group. And Which three is fair but bizarre. Well, three teams can't come out of the one group. Fair so enough, there's yeah. little wrinkles to this that are... Yeah. Interesting if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, but I think I'm okay with the idea of we can't manage to finish second. Tough, tough crap, really, at that stage. It doesn't necessarily mean we're ranked ahead of the other teams. We're in a slightly easier pool based on our own good work to get here. So we deserve to be here, but we've got to finish second to get there. To do that, we've got to avoid a bonus point. Do we need to talk about Italian rugby? We always do, and it's just so bad now. I just don't know if there's anything left to say. I don't think Conor Shea has made any, any impact whatsoever to the two teams yet. Well, I, I think it is important to say because there is a history of rugby in, in Italy and it needs to be nurtured and brought on. Um, one thing people don't seem to realise is that if they're not in our league, then you know one of the reasons they were brought in was to bring in money. Um, if they're not bringing in money into the Pro 12, there's even less money. But they're not bringing in money, though. I mean, they're looking for one million. Did you say that, William? Yeah, there's something about the CEO of Zebra says they need an injection of one million euros to keep going and they might actually finish up before the end of the season. I think they've just run out of money. 
Um, Which could lead to the move to Rome or could lead to only one team. We do not want to see that, but we don't want to just spend the whole time bashing them either. We don't know what to um, say. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument that says Italy maybe can only run one team. But you have to ha- you have to have an even number of teams, you would think, in, unless it becomes the Pro Eleven. Um, that should sort out the Italian qualification issue. If there's only one team, I think we can all agree. <laughs> um, look, it's a mess, and it has to be tackled. What's yeah. also interesting is Wasps and um, Toulouse are playing at the moment. Training at halftime. Training at halftime. Shouldn't be. This is, not, this is not good podcasting, though, because people don't know the at that stage. Yeah. It's, it's not, but the main issue is the, the, the place looks empty on television. It does? Yeah. In Coventry? Yeah. What's going on there? Well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the time of day. Maybe, I have no idea, but it, it, certainly we, we're seeing from behind one of the, one of the goals, and it, there looks to be absolutely nobody in the lower tier at all. Okay. It's not good. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about a couple of elements of the game, but starting to get us into that, here is Tiernan O'Halloran talking to me. Tiernan, uh, to begin with, you would expect it obviously to come out of this game with the five points. That was the target. Did you expect it to kind of pan out the way it did? Um, yeah, look, I suppose we we kind of said with an hour before kickoff, you know, that it looks like the conditions could suit us, especially as a backline to, to kind of have a go and throw the ball around. Um, and I suppose when we knew we needed a bonus point win as well, that definitely helped us uh, compared to other weeks now. So, um, yeah, we came out early and I think, look, we, we got a really good try off, um, off first phase ball at, at the start of the game, but we we're pretty disappointed we let them in there for two soft tries. Um, it was a big focus for us in our defence and... Um, I think after that kind of gave us a, a reboot and we had to, to start all over again but I suppose it was good to have the, the bonus point wrapped up by half time Some great lines of running obviously James Cannon played that kind of target in the midfield and kept the ball moving John, John Cooney you know not used to playing out half how did you think it all worked out because it was a much changed side Yeah I think it worked really well um, I suppose the big thing with that as well was um, the training week like the last couple of weeks we've been pretty disrupted between whether it's been international camps or injuries and things like that we actually haven't trained together at all and I think this week we actually got some really good reps in um, especially on Thursday um, in our attack session and I think that gave real confidence especially to John stepping in there at out half it's, it's really tough for him um, and James did that, ran that, that pod really well as well so um, it was good to see that and, and it's, it's, you can't really simulate a game in training so it's good to have that game now under the belt as well and hopefully they'll both kick off on that now Yeah a lot of line breaks obviously converting them in scores is really really important but next week is going to be a totally different type of shape to the whole game it'll be more kind of getting into the 22 and trying to make something of it Yeah absolutely I think that was the big thing with today as well we needed a performance um, not just not just the outcome um, and we were we were pretty happy with, with a lot of aspects but there's a lot of things we need to work on um, as I said already about defence we're going over to someone like Toulouse if we're going to tackle like the way we did a couple of times today and <clears throat> give them loose ball like we did you know they're going to punish you all day long so um, we're under no illusions going over to a, a top side away from home it's going to be a massive game for us but as you said I suppose it's good to get that performance today and I suppose get a bit of confidence as well because we've been pretty low I suppose with the last couple of weeks in tough conditions we've had some tough games against obviously quality opposition but um, there's been no excuses from our part I suppose with injuries and things so it's just on to, on to a massive game one of the biggest games for Connors history I suppose next week Pat said first and foremost simple target try to win the game you won't be thinking about anything else but at the same time you will have a look at that table won't you in those closing stages of the game if you know you need to stop them getting the bonus point or whatever the, the cause may be you'll probably have that in the back of the mind too 
Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's hard to know, really. Obviously, the, with the result, whatever happens today, we're still going over with that focus of, you know, because we know if, if we can get a home quarter final here, it's massive for us. Um, it gives us such a boost. So um, I think it, it's, it's, it's tough. You don't really want to be in the middle of a game and, and thinking about other results and what's happening. Um, so I think that's, that's the main mentality of it. You just have to go into that week thinking, look, if we win, simple as we're in the quarter final, no matter what. So um, that's just the way we have to go into it. Because if you go in thinking, oh, look, if we just limit to lose to three tries or if we get a losing bonus point will be grand you can't really at this level of rugby it's all about going for the win um, and I think that's the mentality you'll have to be in training next week we have to up all parts of our game um, defence and attack so um, I suppose no matter what the result is today between Ross and Toulouse it's still a win mentality for us It's 8 defeats and 12 in the Pro 12 yet here Connick sit on the verge of her first ever quarter final and still technically well in the hunt for a Champions Cup place within the Pro 12 through the playoffs if needs be Yeah I know it, it's been tough I suppose especially in the league as you say we've it's been pretty disruptive with, with the injuries and things like that but it's up to the next guy to step in and unfortunately at times our performances let us down um, and it's easy to blame the weather and things like that but it's just it's always it's on our own our own backs but what we've been doing and what we haven't been doing um, and unfortunately our execution has let us down a lot in the last couple of weeks um, so as I said it's good to get a training week like that where we have our full squad that's picked for that weekend to go out and get those reps and get that confidence going so hopefully now be, we'll obviously see how the, their injury and things goes but hopefully we can have the same thing next week we need a big week training um, going over there on a, for a Sunday I think it's a Sunday early enough kickoff as well so um, again, look, if it's if it's raining, it's raining. We just have to, to roll up our sleeves and, and deal with that. Obviously, we, we prefer to have it like this every day of the week, and, and that's the way we were going so well, I suppose, that maybe at the start of the season or, or last season. Um, but if it's raining, it's raining. We just have to deal with it. Pick out some elements of the game. I haven't heard what you were chatting about, but can I talk about John Cooney? What do you think? Yeah, he did okay. I, I, I wouldn't be overly... I, I'd, I'd be slightly worried if he was our 10 next week. As I think in, on, with a proper defensive system and a proper team um, in there, he might struggle. Um, yes, yeah, we, we are in the clan stand whilst they take down the TV gantry on the far side. That's what all that hammering is. I know, it's like, oh, that's going to be so annoying. It's wrecking my head here. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, no worries. No, I, like for me, the, the, the big the, the guy who impressed me most today was James Cannon. I thought he did a really yeah. good impression of Ali Muldowney today. Yeah. I thought he was excellent. Um, uh, like He seems to be growing into into the role. He doesn't need to grow any taller, as one of the wags said around me. Six foot eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, six foot eight, our tallest second row ever combination we've ever had. Um, good stat. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought he played really, really well today, and I thought um, Stevenson had a good job beside him, too. It's interesting to see he was captain at one point towards the end. Was he? Oh, well, he was certainly the guy the referee went to to speak to about a penalty. I think it's literally because he was the tallest guy. Um, yeah, I thought Callum was very good. I thought, he, I thought he was one of the guys who... A 14-7 something. I mean, turn, turn the sizes said it there inside. They didn't actually look at... They didn't look at too much in terms of the, 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 the lateral versus straight lines. Because they started running... Straight, the reason Zebra got the first two tries was because we had decided, let's pass, see how many times we can pass the ball inside their own 22. And then something without was... Going forward. Without going forward. And then there was somebody, somebody went, look, this is not working. We, we did with straight lines and angles, angled lines of running for the first try, and we got in after 90 seconds. And then as soon as we went, we went back to that, we tightened up some things. There's an awful lot to work on, and no one's... No one's but, but, it, but it was straight. It was, a, it was a change of not going across, it was going straight, and that made a huge difference. Yeah, um, so that's what, And I think Cannon was important to that. Tom McCarthy took one and went straight. They all started to pick up the ball and going straight. They were making it, and then it was going wide, and the boys had a field day out wide. Um, but they have, they cannot play lateral against against Toulouse because they will absolutely hammer them. 
and, and the reason being, at one stage there was four passes in a row on this side of the field, you mightn't have seen it. The winger stood in the tackle position waiting for John yeah. and John ran into him because yeah. as he caught the ball, the winger was there because he knew exactly where it was going to go and we can't have teams reading us that easily. Oh, I know. I did, now that you say it, I saw a ball came all the way across yeah. him and he was hit as he got it. Oh, very bland. Six times in our own 22, we gave them scrums because we, we knocked it on. Yeah, the concentration just seemed to go after the first try. And it was very similar to, to a couple of occasions last week where we just overplayed the ball completely. And a better side would have caused more damage. As it is, they got two tries. And that seemed to wake us up. Um, it's something that they'll have to keep working on. Pat, in the press conference, they're talking about he wants a really hard week's training this week. Um, not very... <laughs> Not very happy with the defence. Uh, was very critical. Uh, and about the work rate. Said guys were falling off their work rate, weren't, up, weren't doing what they're supposed to do. Said the same thing happened last week. So it's pretty critical. I'd say it'll be a pretty sharp video analysis Monday morning and then they'll be down to work. Uh, the one concern that I picked up was I think Dennis Buckley has a serious problem. He really didn't want to go there when he was asked about it. He was in a boot and crutches and that's not good Yeah but we have seen players, Sean O'Brien one week who had a boot on and since then he's looked fine so yeah, sometimes yeah. it's precautionary yeah, I, I kept an eye on him so when, he when, off, is that Yeah, it? the physio, physio came over and, and sat him down and the physio hit a few pressure points on his leg and I was waiting for Dennis to sort of jump at some stage he never really did, you know, so it's probably precautionary more than nothing else and I'd say he'll be fine Alright, we'll see Go for I'm going to stick with Depositive Allen on this one. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me, I'll sleep better. That's you know, yeah. Dennis Buckley's okay. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom Farrell finally just wanted to talk about Tom Farrell. Looks okay. Looks a good signing. I've heard good things from former Castle Knocker. He went under 20. Yeah, Andrew yeah. was on our podcast once a couple of seasons ago. Was telling me, I told you you should sign him someday. Yeah, no, he's he's um yeah from the, the couple of cameo bits he saw. There's certainly the the bit he played in the far side, which I can't wait to go back and look on on the, hmm. the match. He looked he made, made a couple of very good decisions, straightened up the line three or four times when they were, the ball was being just chucked across the line again. He straightened it up every time. People said, Oh, when you pass, hang on, because you have to straighten the line. You can't just let the defence keep drifting across. And he did it two or three times. Never really lost the ball. Made a really good snag there. I think he recovered the ball. After they'd made a break and he's diving the ball and showed a lot of commitment. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really good early signs. And good to see James Conley back. He's just a player I like. He's very dynamic. I don't know whether he does all the systems correctly. Maybe that's why he dropped out of the side for a while, but blue and heck, he looks he looks really good in open play. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he really is dynamic and he, he brings a whole energy. He brings up the energy level another notch, mm. which is um, which is good to see. You can see it, you saw it with Leinster last night, bringing in young guys and giving them their head with a few uh, experienced guys around them. Is, is a great combination it's great to see young lads coming in and it's um, you know more grist to the bow we're having more young fellas coming through ok so you Alan and myself are going to chat on a separate extra podcast oh, yeah. piece on Sunday which is going to tie everything up on the permutations and everything as it stands it looks quite close in Wasps and Toulouse as we record I'm a bit worried William Doe because I'm not quite sure whether we should go over there and play our normal game but Pat Lamb would pull his hair out if you asked him what else are we going to do you know what I'm saying can you imagine, if, imagine a scenario where Connacht need to make sure they don't concede a bonus point try victory and they start running the ball out of their own 22 from the very first minute I, I, do I, just I don't, have to accept it? I don't think we can play any other way I don't think we're good enough I think the only sort of side I could see an old style Bath or a Munster or maybe even Saracens now being able to go over there and say, right, we're going to play this game in a very clever, kill it, 
Yes. Get what we need and get out of town. I, I don't think we're, we're geared up to do that. And but can I think... we still take one or two less risks? Well, look, we've talked about this repeatedly and it doesn't seem to be the way they want to do it. There were times today that the ball should have been cleared. Uh, just clear the ball and see, see what happens. But we, we don't play that way and I don't think there's any chance that that's going to change next week. I don't see it necessarily as just clearing the ball. I see it as recognising where the space is and playing to the space. I think that's what I'd like to see a little bit more of. It's, that's it's, what I'd like to see. Yeah, and it's, it's a case of, yes, yeah, OK, you want to move teams around, you want to tire them out a little bit. You want like, just Leinster did a bit of that last night against Montpellier as well. Move the big teams around, which we'll want to do next week. But do it you know, where the space is. Don't just necessarily laterally pass the ball across the field, as you just mentioned, where a winger is sitting waiting for a guy literally in the, in the tackle position. And John ran into him. He had nowhere else to go because he was in the tackle position waiting for him. And that's, that's slightly worrying. I agree with the guys. Um, heads up rugby. There wasn't much of it. Um, the best kick of the day was actually put in by Dave Heffernan. Absolutely brilliant kick. And it was on 70-something minutes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it, it's going to... We'll, we'll know. I, it's 3-0 at half-time in Masterloose. There's a very good chance that there will be no... That they will, they will be on forward. The losing team will be on forward. That'll just come down to who wins. Going through, will go, yeah. goes through, which I can kind of live with. Fine, yeah. um, I think we can go there and win. I think, I think, but we have to play. It, we have to play it. So we have to do. We do have to play it on our terms, but our terms have to be also looking up and seeing, seeing where, where it is. We did it in the game here. We looked up a couple of times, and we went and saw where the space was. But there were other times in that game which we forget where they had a player down. We, there was nobody behind him, and he was. They, 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 they lined up in a way that looked like they had a player there, but he was injured, he's been treated, and we didn't go to that space. Sometimes there's a little... You can't... They seem to have got so wedded to doing it this way that occasionally, every now and again, they just need to go, sod it, let's just go for it. And maybe next week they will, because it could be a great game, it could be a terrible game. I don't care if we win 3-0. I really don't care. Yeah, I think I, think I agree. I, I want Connick to go out and play their game. I agree with you, William. I don't think there's any other way to play, but I would like them to... Uh, and, the, and the, to add to that I would like them to play a little bit more clever in terms of what they're trying to do in their own 22 a bit of pragmatism wouldn't go amiss they, what, what they cannot do what they cannot do is hand to lose 14 points in the first 15 minutes yeah, I mean, it needs to be a tight grind and they've got to really put pressure on them but it's going to be very difficult um, but we'll see. They've, and they can go in there and win. They've absolutely no reason to believe that they, that they can't win over there. But it's, it's a big ask. Well, apart from the fact that we haven't won away from home this season. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, if to lose... Yes, are... we have. We put 55 points on those guys in Italy. So we have won away this season. Oh. And I don't care if it doesn't count. Yeah. We've, if, if, it, if, counts. if it ruins your stats, it, it counts. Does. It's true. It's true. And you'll right. be the first one to kill us for that. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The other point I was going to make is, if Toulouse, Toulouse will be very confident of getting a, a comfortable win against us at home, based on our record at the moment away from home. I mean, Wasp put a bonus point on us. Osprey's put a bonus point on us. I'm not sure if the Scarlets did it. I have a feeling they did earlier in the season, so maybe they didn't today. So they got three tries, but you know, certainly not doing enough form to suggest that it's out of the question. Uh, they, they will. They, they've, they're going to think that. And I'm not actually certain that we're playing. As we're, we're a bit off where we need to be. Right. I actually think the, if, forecast, if, the forecast, just looking at the forecast, it doesn't look as though it's going to rain all week over there. It's going to be just about zero with bugger all wind over there. So 
That's it good. Should be good for us. Don't worry, they will, that pitch will be soft <laughs> because they'll make sure it's Going soft. soft. <laughs> and uh, yes, but Dennis Buckley will be playing loose head, and they won't be able to drive us backwards because he'd screw whoever they put in front of him, and we'll be fine. Can you play with a moon boot on? Can you? <laughs> okay, let's go to some music and sting, and then we'll finish this podcast. Okay, we're coming to the end of the podcast, but there'll be a section after that. It's like that Nirvana album all those years ago when they used to leave the long bit of silence and then a bit of music would come on at the end. Don't tell people you've got a hidden track. Hidden people track. have to find the hidden track. You're telling people you've got a hidden track. Therefore, That's it's the only, no longer hidden. The only hidden track I knew about was Nirvana's. So that was glorious. Anyways, leave that aside. Uh, we the won't R- do that. R- R- R.E.M. used to do them as well. No, yeah. did they? Yeah, yeah. R.E.M. used to do them. And what's the best R.E.M. hidden track you can ever remember? I'll get Dave to give his best all-time hidden track. Superman was a hidden track in the original version, but I got it on it. I'd have to go back and check. Okay, we'll have that next week. Think about it, come back to us, and we'll play it out next week. Okay, enough of the hidden tracks, but myself and I will be back at the end of the podcast to talk about permutations. Any other business? i got one. William, you... You're lining up some interviews for us around HIA. It's going to be important. I tweeted about Johnny Sexton yesterday because I genuinely looked at him on the ground and went, how did that guy come back? Tweeted it. And then someone was making the point, you're not a doctor. And they made a good point. And I agree with them. And that's plus, what's so difficult. Plus, he got hit in the neck. He did get it. Well, I, thought, I looked at it he four did. times yeah. and I thought it was on the chin, to be honest. No, neck. No. Yeah, I still think it was on the chin. Everyone's no, saying the neck. 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 Disagree. Um, Disagree. I'm looking at I mean, it four times. I mean, I think the big thing is that is okay. That's what. But it did, the main point is he looks. Sorry, Dave. Uh, yeah. Main point is just finish my little business first of all. The main point is he looked out, and I went, "How do you come back?" And someone made the point: you can't make those judgments just from the armchair. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I was about to say then is, and another thing is, his arm was moving straight away, and I, I was about to make that point, and then I went, "This is the other end of the stick. You can't make the judgment in the other direction. Say he wasn't concussed yeah. as his arm was moving. Yeah. We don't know enough about this. We need to talk to more experts. You're going to work on this." Yeah, but it's it's very simple. You have 10 minutes to complete the HIA. He obviously passed the HIA Early. and was brought back on. Yeah. That's it. The, the minutes means nothing. And trust trust the system. Yes, Northampton have been caught up in some sort of a bit of a mess. Yes, <laughs> Claremont are caught up in a bit of a mess. Yeah, but the, the whole 10-minute thing, you know, this is what Dr. Barry O'Driscoll says, that, that's a whole of crap anyway, the, the 10 minutes. You can't judge whether someone's concussed in 10 minutes. But you can't say that, can you? Doctors, well, there are people like Dr. Barrio who says you can't judge it. It's just not possible okay. to judge it. You quote him, that's so, fair enough. Yeah. So, look, we're going to try and get more on this, and what I'm going to try not to going forward is tweet about it, but look, it was only an honest kind of, jeepers, how has he come back from that? And as you said, you, you don't even think he took a hit, a hit to the head. Mm. Moving on, any other business? Dave? Uh, two things. First of all, I think the standard has now been set for red cards and high tackles. If that's the red card, fine, lovely, I have no problem with that. That's the standard, that's what we, that's the red card, that's, that's anything else like that, that goes. Okay, that's fine. Secondly, it's a small thing, but it's a, it bothered me today. For these games, the European games, they move the clock. The clock is not in the main... Most people come in regularly, the clock is in the middle of the main stand and everybody can see it. They move it to the halfway line on the ground. And today, it was completely obscured by cameramen for 90% of the game. And I was absolutely convinced at one stage I was three minutes behind the official clock and I looked up and realised I was exactly the same time. Is there only one on the far side for you? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, that's proof. Two in either corner for us. Yeah, I'm meant to be looking straight at it. I can't look at it because that is also... It's exactly... It was not just where the gantry is. It's the cameraman is standing in front of it. Ah, that's daft. That's, that's the same for every match. You look at every European game, they're in the same position on, in every, on every pitch. So it's the same problem. Cameraman same in front problem. of the yeah, they got to do something. Yeah. Right? Just ask for Jake. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, we know... Oh, we, we know on, EPCR. I mean, the, the two clocks... I mean, at one point, Lindy uh, was, was so confused. She was convinced the clock had stopped on 13 minutes for, for about five minutes until you realised that was actually the time. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it's poor. It's, it's poor that you've got this major competition and people who are relying on clocks and again, they get bollockings from people in other countries because the time is out on, on what I'm doing and what's on the screen is 
if you're going to have a clock there, can you at least make it nobody stands in front of it? God, that's... That, can I just put that down as the most reasonable any other business of the entire season? A reasonable oh, request. Oh. Even more so than the... Po- I'm sorry. Even more, post. No, even more so. I'm saying that's even more reasonable. Don't stand in the way of a clock is more reasonable. The posters still post, even if they look ridiculous. Look, they spend a lot of money sponsoring those wretched clocks. So, come on, Dave, get yourself a stopwatch. Do you remember the game last year in Breathe? <laughs> yeah, actually, get it. Do you remember last year's game in Breathe when we couldn't bloody see because it was so bloody bright in the corner of the clock? Uh, yeah, and I think there was a problem in Grenoble with it as well. Oh, God almighty. Anyways, William has any other business. And this is, I, I've just said, the most reasonable any other business of the season. The most repetitive is Alan's post. And the most important is about to come from William. All in the same podcast. Wow. Well, well, indeed. Right, starting with my any other business notes. Uh, number one, interesting to see Connacht Stall- ex-Connacht stalwart Frank Murphy uh, refereeing in Europe last night. He did the Newport Gwent Dragons against NSI STM game at Rodney Parade. So he's obviously making his way up the refereeing ranks. A man who had interesting uh, discussions on a number of occasions when I'm sure he was just trying to help the referee out as a player. Yeah. He's, he's been refereeing for at least 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was learning non-stop. He, every time he went up to a ref, I'm hoping to do this in the future. I don't think I was offside there. Uh, Anyways, congrats, Frank. Any other business number two is the fact that the Italian team today, we get lots of Italian in the team sheet. Mm-hmm. And I'm struck by number 12, which is the Triquatri Centro Sinistri- Sinistro. Yeah, left centre. Uh, well, that actually reads to me as the Sinister Centre. So if that's Bundy, you know when you've been Bundied. <laughs> <laughs> very much is a Sinister Centre. Okay, any other business? Number three. All right, this is the serious bit. This okay. is the thank you list of people we need to thank for all the stuff that they've done for us. It kept us on air during last year. Obviously, this is part of the seasons. I'm going to start with the people who've given us technical assistance. Uh, Damien Burke in Galway Bay FM. Thank you, Damien. Colin Stevens uh, in Edinburgh. Oh, yes. And Angus Cullinan, who's done lots of little small bits of technical help for us. our mixing desk for our commentaries. It makes a huge difference. Moving on then, we've got uh, Louise Creedon in Connacht Rugby, who's helped us set up some of our interviews, and there'll be more of them to come. Uh, you've got Adam Redmond in Pro 12 Rugby, man who's always willing to talk to us. Jer Siggins, Michael Corcoran of RTE, and the media officers in general who... Uh, have to ha- have to do things for have to do things for us, and we're always asking them questions. Ollie Turner, head of sport in Galway BFM, Jerry Murphy, and John Mulligan, all helpful to us. Uh, on our own side, we've had great help from Danny Deegan, who looks after our social media. He's building our new website. Emmett McNamara, who uh, helps out with our editing. Superb editing this year, thanks, Emmett. Uh, Philippa Contres, who designed our logo. I hope I've pronounced your surname correctly. And finally, to all our listeners, tuning in, downloading the podcast, lots to tell you in the rest of the season. And a big thanks to The Walls, who have given us permission to use their music for many years. Since they did the first Connacht Rugby podcast about eight years ago. Great band. Delighted to say, just before we do the extra bit at the end of the podcast, where me and Alan talk on Sunday on the phone about all the permutations, Lindy McKenzie has joined us for the last minute. You were very busy inside, so you've missed most of the podcast. It's good no, to have you back, though. And it's nice and warm in there. It's a bit cold out here. It is fresh. a bit cold. Fresh. 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 <laughs> Any thoughts in general? In general, I'm looking forward now to going to Toulouse for another great victory that we have already produced over there before. I hear you and William are on the plane that goes from Dublin to Toulouse. 
might sound special, but hey. I don't think that's special at all. No. I think that's I think just it's a reasonable situation, really. Absolutely. On the plane with the team going there. Myself and Alan, where are we going, Alan? I think I'm going to Germany Frankfurt for the first time. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Germany, so yeah, I'm quite happy either. to go to Germany. Can We're both going to go to no, Germany I, for an hour. Well, I actually know that route very well because I've done it frequently <laughs> on my <laughs> travels. <laughs> <laughs> well, William's, William uh, has got the... Uh, being the producer of all our away games, he's uh, nominated himself to get on the uh, charter. <laughs> <laughs> I most certainly did not nominate myself to get on the charter. <laughs> I've never been to Germany either. <laughs> well, you won't be going this time by all, by all accounts. Linny, yes, final thoughts. Like, we're going into Toulouse. Not necessarily sure where our form is. Can't tell a lot from this. Well, look, at the moment, it's a winning form, isn't it, after today? <laughs> and, you know, look, at the end of the day... I totally agree with what Pat Lamb said. This is where the position that they wanted to be in, and that's where they are. They're going to Toulouse knowing exactly what they have to do. It's in their own hands. They don't have to rely on anybody else if they want if they, if they want to qualify. And that's exactly what their first primary, their, their aim was. Now, obviously, um, their goal their goal was is, is to is to qualify for the quarterfinals for the very first time. The form. Well, we just don't really know how that's going to play out. Not, not even at this moment knowing who the out half is going to be for a start. Mm. Now, I know, you know, I think John Cooney did brilliantly stepping into that, stepping into that position. As Pat Lamb said, he has all the skill sets required. He knows the moves, so it was easy for him to slot in, so to speak. I don't think it's easy for anyone to slot in. There's so, been so many changes in the Connor team over the last several weeks mm. that we we don't know what that that form is is quite like. You know, um, we haven't been able to see it for so long now because, because, in fact, I don't think we've really seen it this season. Nope. But you know, a little patch in October, would you give them the Ulster to lose combo, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, and look, we saw a little bit out here today because at the end, you know, let's not take away from the fact that everyone expected Connacht to win. They expected, themselves expected to win, but they still had to go out and do, do it. Yeah. And they still had to post... 10 tries. Yeah, I agree. And they did it. And apart from looking back on the old statistics, apart from a, was it 72 something, seven win over Cetranza in from Italy in Europe, this was actually one of their highest European scores. Olympus Madrid at some stage. We scored a, yeah. a load on the uh, that Olympus Madrid, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Anymore. That was, that was the Trans El Salvador. Madrid. Oh, that was Madrid. the team. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that was the team. That was the team from Madrid. So, you know, they've gone out. They've done it. Um, look, it's still a work in progress, and you have so many people coming into the team. You had um, Tom Farrell coming in, you know, today. There's another. We had John Andrus. He's been in a couple of times. So there's still, um, you know, look where you are in the season, and you've still got new players having to be, you know, blooded into the team, which is in a situation that no coach actually wants at this stage of the season. So, you know, as Pat Lamb says, look, it's all about next week now. It's all about having a good week's training. Let's see how they produce when they go over there. We still don't know what the result is across the way. I just want to ask you one more question, right? And it's this. You and I have both been at the other two trips to Toulouse. The first one was special because of the huge crowd that was there and because the day was, and they played well that day. The second one was special for obvious reasons they will never forget. What a win. But this one seems to be even better because this competition now, when you're a champion coming into it and the competition that it is, and now you're going into the final round and it matters, it's going to be one of the most watched Champions Cup games of the weekend in terms of importance. Two teams with a chance to get through to the quarterfinals. Great position to be in. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, we just, we just know the pedigree of Toulouse, even if they haven't been playing up to the standard that people have come to expect from them. I mean, they are one of the top teams mm. in Europe and have been down through the years. And this is Connacht, you know, the, the you know, sort of like the newcomer 
Bombers, you know, with a huge chance to qualify. And whether the season in the Pro 12 is, is going the way we'd hoped it would go, to actually go to Toulouse in this position and it, to qualify is a huge statement from Connor Rugby. And I think it's very important, particularly at this time of the season, particularly knowing that Pat Lamb is leaving, particularly when, when there's so much speculation about a new coach coming in, particularly when we don't know, you know who, who that new coach is, um, and there is obviously we don't know what players are leaving. Some of them must, might still be leaving. Um, some of them might still be staying. We don't really know. Don't so, go, John Cooney. Don't. <laughs> I didn't mention his name. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 as you mentioned, John Cooney. Just uh, we'll finish. Sloppy. The reason John Cooney missed his first kick was sloppy. Announcing that a substitution that John had about to kick the ball, and he, he shanked it. And then for the second one that he missed, he left the mic open, and you could hear this crackling noise. So it's all it's all sloppy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> what a bombshell to finish on. Anyway, well, the one time James was on this podcast, he didn't listen to it all the way through to find his own interview, so there's absolutely no chance he's listening to this. <laughs> Where were we? I have no sorry, idea. Sorry. We were trying to... Oh, yeah, we were, you, were, you were winding up to why this game is special. Yeah. We're in a good position going into it. And I, and I think I think Pat Lamb will have these players very much tuned in oh, to going over there and, and putting out their best performance that they could possibly put in it won't be the same as the last two visits over there, particularly for me I have to say, because I don't know where Terry Dusatois is anymore oh. <laughs> He's playing today He's playing, oh brilliant oh. There you go, go. Alright, that's it from us, but it's not really it from us because now you're going to hear from well, thing. Quick. People didn't hear it, Eagles lost 14-41 against London Irish in the BNI Cup in Athlone which was played at the same time nonsense in itself but not a bad performance from the boys considering there was only I think four players in that team that had ever been capped for Connacht so good effort from the well I do think I do think on on that note and it's been mentioned by several people you know in in different varieties whether it's the women's team playing or or AIL matches it is really time people sat down and did sat down and you know did some joined up thinking here you know particularly in Connacht we are a small province we don't have huge numbers we need everyone to go to all all the matches (laughs) you know whether it's AIL matches or whether it's the women or whether it's Ballon Road versus Westburton the Junior Cup next Sunday what a game that's going to be at the green carry on Uh, well absolutely and (laughs) you won't be able and you you, exactly I mean no but it is time you know I know it's very it is difficult and you know but you have to get the professional side alongside alongside the amateur side and see if we can have a little bit better sort of arrangements between the two. Fully agree. Martin the Robe. That's it. Bye, folks. It's the post-post-game section of the podcast, Sunday evening, and Alan's on the phone. Hey, Rob. Good to have you along. As promised, we're going to try and make sense of everything. Ulster lost heavily today. Quite unlucky to do so, but that means they're out. So now we have three Irish provinces still in contention for the Champions Cup. Two of them in the quarterfinals already. Yeah, great, great results over the weekend for Leinster and Munster. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're guaranteed qualification, um, and and we still we had a good result. And although the, the result in Wasps didn't quite go our way um, in one sense in another sense it might, it might have done um, we're we're got our destiny in our own hands which is not something we thought we'd ever have at this point of a Champions Cup campaign It goes without saying had Wasps won by eight or more points Alan that would have been a little bit better because Toulouse would have had to beat us 5-0 in terms of match points they would have needed a bonus point win and us to get nothing that would have been all we'd have to do to get to the next stage as it stands they picked up a losing bonus point should have won the game as we know so they're still very much in contention to uh, get to the quarterfinals themselves which makes 
our task a little bit harder. Connacht need, at the very least, one point now from the stad Ernest Vallon on Sunday. We do indeed. We do indeed. I'd, I'd still argue slightly, you know, my only little wrinkle on that is the fact that they can't get a home uh, they can't get a home semi-final. A quarter-final means that it might might just take the edge off the Northern Society. Probably not, but you never know. So yeah, basically what we're looking to do is a win or a draw, we go through. Um, yeah. We get this, if we get a losing bonus point, or sorry, if we if we win with a bonus point, um, which is probably unlikely, but if we did manage to win with a bonus point, we'd win the pool um, because we're a point ahead of Wasps already, and five points would guarantee us a, a win in the pool. So if to lose win with a bonus point, we need to get at least two match points. So we need a losing bonus point and a try bonus point. And if Toulouse are to win without the bonus point, which is the most likely scenario, um, having seen how they play, Connacht would need to get either a losing bonus point or a try bonus point. Right. I hope that's explained clearly enough. But Connacht need to keep the margin of points, match points for that game to within three of Toulouse to go through because it'll keep them in second spot. And just to be clear, Alan, no question whatsoever now that if Connacht do finish second in the pool, they're going into the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, like a 19 points, there's um, there's only two teams that can possibly match or beat 19 points, and that's Toulon, who'd have to win with a bonus point away to Saracens, uh, and Glasgow would have to win with a bonus point away to Leicester, um, both quite highly improbable results in all honesty. And even um, if Glasgow did that, they'd also need a huge margin of victory as well to try and catch up with Connacht on points difference at that stage, which, at, from what I can read then, means that Connacht are most likely to finish... Succeed if they do finish second. Is that right? That's the most probable scenario that we would finish sixth. And basing, looking at the the matches for next weekend, you'd assume Munster are going to win against Racing and probably with a bonus point. You assume Leinster will probably win in Cast, considering Cast are very little to play for. Um, maybe not with a bonus point. Maybe they will. It doesn't really matter to them. And Claremont are probably going to beat Exeter. And that would give Claremont on 26, Leinster on 25, Munster on 25. And then the only other one that, that has any major relevance to us is Saracens against Toulon. You would expect Saracens to win, but you never know because Toulon have an awful lot to play for. Um, so if those play out, what we would end up in 16, six, or six seed is probably a way to Munster in Thoman Park. Just to be clear, you said even if Leinster don't get a bonus point, so they might get to 25 and Munster be on 25, but Leinster have a very high points differential, so Munster are unlikely to overtake them. Yeah, Leinster have 140 points plus at the moment, uh, Munster on 84, so Munster would have to win by more than 57 points more than, have to have a 57 point win, winning margin more than what Leinster do against Cast, so uh, <laughs> I don't see that happening somehow. Clermont drawing with Saracens was quite a surprise result. Sorry, correct, correct myself. Saracens drawing with the Scarlets was quite a surprise result at the weekend, and I guess in a sense it means that Leinster have gone up in the pecking order more likely to finish second because for a good while there it looked like Connacht might be playing Leinster and the Aviva were they to do uh, a special result again over in uh, Toulouse but now it just seems to be shaping up a, a monster Connacht game for Connacht to win the pool Alan let's start talking in dreamland now because we mm. just snap anyone's hand off just to get that uh, sixth spot and, and get through to the quarterfinals but for, for Connacht to win the pool first and foremost we've established they have to get a bonus point win against Toulouse highly unlikely but worth discussing because the way Connacht play rugby it is high octane stuff it is high scoring stuff so you never know even in a game where they're being outplayed they might get a bonus point win out of nowhere if that happened could they get a home quarter final what would it take it would but uh, you, you'd, you'd have to look at um, 
I think you're looking at the situation where Toulon winning in Saracens would, would be the result we'd be looking at. And if Toulon winning Saracens, uh, Saracens would go into 21 points, which means we could pass them out and get up into fourth, to fourth place. Um, which means we would probably end up playing Toulon at home, wherever home would be for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other chat. Probably it's not worth having because it's so unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, the only thing is if it was a home a home game and both Munster and Leinster were also at home, <laughs> why do we go to play our game if we weren't going to play in a rugby stadium? But anyway, we'll have to, um, yeah, we'll, we'll worry about that if it ever comes to pass. Yeah, very much so. Listen, these are amazing thoughts to be in a quarterfinal, whatever shape it takes. Uh, but unfortunately, with all the injuries and, and maybe even with the form, we can't be as fired up as, as we might want to be about the chances for Connacht. That said, I seem to remember late on last season, us just hoping to get to a semi-final of a Pro 12 and nearly just accepting that we put in a big performance and that'll be it. Things can change very quickly in the world of rugby and all of a sudden we could com- become serious, serious force if uh, if they can just find some rhythm in this game next weekend. Well, there's, there's, it's more about belief than rhythm, in all honesty. And, and you have to look at the fact that this time last year, we'd been on a five-game losing streak. We'd all started to doubt, uh, doubt our capabilities of winning. And then we absolutely murdered poor NFI at home and went on a huge winning streak straight afterwards because the confidence came flooding back into the processes that they use and the skill set that they have. Um, from I think the forecast for next weekend is going to be dry, uh, mm-hmm. cold but dry. Um, so there's no reason to think that you know these guys are champions. Like you know, other, everyone's writing us off. I saw the Sky guys already talking about you know the possibility of Munster playing to lose um, in Tolan Park, and I'm going, you can't write us off, guys. You did that last year, and look what happened. And I don't see any major reason why we can't go and do it again. Like you could see the confidence come flooding back into the team as the game went on. I know we had a bit of a ropey start early on. Um, and maybe we could we could look at our making use of of where the space is on the field when we're <laughs> trying to get out of our own twenty two. Um, but other than that, you know, there's no reason to think that you know we there's nothing to fear. Like Toulouse aren't exactly tearing up trees over in in France these days. Um, they put a huge game in at the weekend, but still lost. So you know they're, they're not the champions of old. Yes, they've they've got more Heineken Cup wins than anybody else. But you know that's that's been a dim and distant memory really at this stage. Um, I, I, I'd be quietly confident that we can go out and do something. I know our away form hasn't been brilliant, but we did, we did win over in, in Zebra. <laughs> I know that's a fairly easy thing to do these days, but we did win over there. And, and for an awful long time against Wasps, we were well in that game. Right. Okay. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to argue with that. Why? Why argue with it? We need to be positive. No, you, need, you need William for that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I need some backup. But even besides that, there's no reason to be anything other than positive going into the fact that we're going into the final round of pool games needing one point to get to a quarter final. If you had told us that at the start of the season, we would have jumped at it. And yes, there are injuries. That was my counterbalance to that. Still, a lot of key players missing compared to maybe last season. But look. It is what it is. And Connacht have shown some good signs there in the last couple of uh, well, last couple of days, and certainly against Zebra. One thing I want to add, Alan, and I'm sure there's, some, there's one or two statues out there that are going nuts with us. We forgot to mention off the top, just to clarify, we are presuming Wasps are going to get a bonus point against Zebra. We do understand if that doesn't happen, <laughs> a hell of a lot go wrong. But it does need to be clarified. Have, if they don't have a bonus point by the 28th minute, as we did at the weekend. It'll be an absolute disaster for them. Yeah, let's hope it's a win. That's all we want. Okay, thanks, Alan. No worries. Cheers, Rob. That's it, folks. 
that's it folks just to finish we want to mention our Twitter account which is at Craggy Rugby Pod if you want to keep up to date with all the news this week in the lead up to the big game that's the place to do it but you can also find us on Facebook the Craggy Rugby Podcast search that and you'll find us there keep with us as well and stay tuned for a new website that's on the way that's all to come but for now we'll talk to you in a week